Raise your hands in the air if you feel fine. We're gonna take it in overtime. Welcome to the Space Jam. It's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right. All right. Groupon. $4.99 on the Apple Card. Do you have an Apple Card? I do have an Apple Card. I do, I do. I've basically have... It's basically the only card I use now. Yeah. We have a, ba- a one with our bank, but I'm trying to just completely eliminate that. So A debit card? A credit card. A credit card. Yeah. Okay. And that's all the credit cards we have. It's just one with our bank. So we both have one. That's the thing I don't like about Apple Card is that it's tied to a single user. Yeah, it seems just crazy. <laughs> yeah. So Apple. Right. But at the same time, I mean, it's like... uh. It was ATP where they were talking about family photo sharing recently, right? And how it just seems so dead obvious how you would do it and that millions of your users, the majority of them, would want it to be so, you know, just easy to say, their photos are my photos, my photos are their photos. You know, we're a family through and through. And so it doesn't matter if I take a photo of the kids or they take a photo of the kids, we both want it. And yet... It's just they've they've built in some features that make sharing a little bit easier, but there's no real, we're a family, so here is our photo library. Yeah. Google Photos, I think, I don't know, did they, I think, I feel like maybe they recently made some improvements to the way theirs works, but the way we do it is we just, we're both logged in to my account on Google Photos, on well, all of our devices, so no matter so, who takes it, it's it's there. Right, and that, that's actually what Blair and I do because she uses my Apple ID, and so we actually only have, I mean, we only have one Apple ID <laughs> that is used, so we only have one iCloud photo library. Mm. Um, we only have one everything, which actually is a little, makes some things a little more, more difficult. Yeah. Um, like the new, uh, you can share... Uh, your ETA within the Apple Maps app on CarPlay, especially you just hit share ETA, tap a contact, and it share and and if they're a Maps user, then it will show show them a map of you and show them where you are on the map on your route. Except for it doesn't work for me sharing to Blair, and I'm almost positive it's because I'm sharing to myself yeah. in one way or the other. That's the other thing is that. I can't, we can't really use Find My Friends because an Apple ID just can share a location from one of your devices. So either the location for my Apple ID could be my phone, her phone, any of the kids' iPads, any of my iPad, her iPad, her Mac, any of them, but it, it can only be one of those. So What forced us to stop doing that very quickly was how prohibitive five gigabyte of iCloud storage is and you know me I'm not gonna pay for, for extra storage do you back up within five gigabytes um I think my device does Brittany's doesn't but I don't do any like photos or any of that stuff um I don't have any problems with it but Brittany's I, I don't know I don't even try and pay attention to it anymore because it's just like always an issue for her even when it's not like even when i've cleared out old backups it should be enough i don't know 
Yeah, we're getting close to our 200 gigabytes that we pay $3 a month for because uh, we store all of our photos there. Um, and I'm debating once we get there, do we go up? Because I think the, I mean, the next step up is $10 a month for like a terabyte or two. Um, so it goes from 200 gigabytes to <laughs> just an enormous amount. It's nonsense. Um, which I mean, for only $10 a month, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's great a, it's for a, what you get. For it's sure. great for what you get, but I wouldn't mind there being like a $5 a month for half a terabyte option there. Um, but I mean, it does, I've, I've used Google photos at certain times. Uh, back when I was using it, it was years ago, like probably even five years ago. And it just seemed to really chew the battery a lot more and batteries weren't as good on phones. And so I kind of tended away from it, um, to a certain extent. And then iCloud photo library came and we, we really, cause it, with the kids iPads too, I mean, each one of them has an iPad. So to back it all up, I mean, we really have to go pay for some more storage I've I really need to get the kids their own Apple IDs and create a family and do all that because <laughs> I thought these screen time features were going to be so great for my kids and their iPads but screen time is so dumb <laughs> that you cuz you can't do device limits yeah. it's just account limits so I like I spent like a whole evening uh soon after iOS 12 came out and just set up all their iPads and got like screen time in there. And then I'm on my phone and it's like, yeah, you're done with your <laughs> whatever time. And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't want you to do it on this device. And there's just no way to, to delineate that. It has to be per Apple ID. So I mean, I need to get them their own Apple ID and then I'll be able to use all this stuff. And I mean, actually the more valuable feature will be uh remote uh confirmations of app installs because i used to back back when i initially set up their ipads then i allowed anything to be downloaded um that was free like you didn't have to put in the password didn't require a password for free downloads but they they're 16 gigabyte <laughs> ipad mini twos and they would just fill them up immediately yeah they would just like tap on stuff they would try stuff and now it's all full and now we got to go and now they want this other game, so now we got to figure out what we're going to take off. And so, I, 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 we eventually shifted to requiring the password. And so they really have to, like, I have to put in the password for them. And so, I just kind of, you know, after two or three of the day, it's like that's your last one. You know, you got something else you want tomorrow. <laughs> you have your own screen time, screen yes. time limits. Yes, the fill up limits. Yes, um, but if if we gave them their own Apple ID and we created a, a family, then, I mean, it's just an incredible feature that they, they could say, hey, I want to download this. And then it just comes to my phone, comes to Blair's phone. And you just, it would just be like touch ID. Yeah, they, they can have it. That's fine. Or no, they can't. And then it automatically just downloads on their device. I, I never have to see their device. So it'd be most excellent. And I could use touch ID because the iPad mini two doesn't have touch ID. So I have to type in the password every time, um, which is maybe one reason why I haven't made my Apple ID password longer. Um, I don't know. I long ago made my Apple ID password unique from any other password um, that I use online. And so I kind of felt 
good about that. It's it's still relatively short, but I don't I don't know that that is a problem. Especially, did you listen to the talk show? Um, was it John Gruber when it was it when he was talking to Renee Ritchie and he when he was talking with Glenn Fleischman as well, talking about hacking hacking passwords and all this encryption versus not and the FBI and terrorists and what all can we do to to stop them? <laughs> uh. But we're talking about if you're going to brute force a password, a passcode, uh, pass I should say, then if you just have the four-digit one, like that's easy as can be because there's just not that many permutations of four digits. Six digits takes is going to take a good while. But, I mean, you can still do it. But basically, you only have to get to, especially once you go alphanumeric. Yeah. If it's eight or nine, then it's just like years at that point. Um, and in any, and, and you really don't have to go further if what you're trying to protect against is just brute forcing. Um, obviously I, I don't know if you, have you ever checked, um, have I been pwned? Is that what it's called? So have I been pwned.com or whatever it's called is this awesome service that this guy who just really is interested in, uh, security and, uh, data breaches. And so he collects all this data when Home Depot, when Target, when uh, this digital company, when that when that company, Yahoo, <laughs> most of all, um, when they have a huge breach, Equifax, and I don't I don't really know how it works exactly because on one level I don't understand it, but on some level I'm like okay it kind of makes sense and I don't have to figure it out how it works to use it, but you just type in your email address. And it'll basically search for, has that account been part of any of these breaches? And if so, go change your password here, here, here. Um, so it's very, very nice. That does sound helpful. I have recently, going back to the family sharing and all that stuff, I I can't remember how long it's been since we did that, set up a family for me and Bernita. We've always shared my account for the App Store, um, but at some point... Because of backups, we did our separate thing and and then recently set up I finally set up the family um I'm gonna say within the last year, maybe, and then Christmas time we got to actually experience what it's like to set it up for a minor. We gave Kanan Brittany's old iPhone seven that was just sitting in a shelf, not being used um to just be used as a camera, basically because I have that sucker locked down. I mean, like you can't really do anything on it, but take pictures. And, uh, it was interesting though, just going through that process and creating the account. And, um, I, I don't have really a lot of interactions in terms of him requesting something because he can't even get to the app store in it right now. Um, but it's, it's just been kind of interesting to see how feature rich it is. And like the app, app limit stuff works great. And, um, I don't know. I've just been pretty impressed with it. And obviously, I'm sure we'll use it more and more uh, down the line because Kanan's not the only child we have. And um, they're going to eventually get to that age as well where they're going to want to start taking pictures and playing games and whatnot. So most of our gaming happens on, you know, like the Switch. Uh, we actually just recently got a Wii U. I don't know why. Don't ask me. Um but there's some games that we wanted to play that are only there, that are just kind of locked away. Um, and it was really cheap, great deal. But 
Um, so they don't do a lot of game gaming on the on iOS, um, and I don't I don't really either. Other than like Mario Run was my my one foray into iOS gaming, <laughs> and, and I still actually play it. You know, occasionally from you know, every once in a while they'll want to play it too. Uh, but I've been impressed with the family sharing and and being able to set it up for a minor and just all the features you have access to. Yeah, speaking of my children and how they just want to try this game and try that game, uh, I was really excited for Apple Arcade. I was totally stoked for Apple Arcade. And then their iPad Mini 2s can't ah. run iOS 13. So, so much for that. Uh, we'll, I mean, we'll have to update them to iPad Mini 4 or 5s. Maybe, maybe this Christmas is probably pretty likely. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Oh, Apple figuring out how to get you to update. I mean, it makes sense. I actually, uh, I had this, I had this in the the note and now we can just talk about it because it came up organically enough. Uh, so we, speaking of iOS 13 and which devices can run it, I was a little confused. We talked about this before. We can do that. I was a little <laughs> confused because my dad has an iPad mini four and it has the iPhone sixes processor. And the iPhone 6 can't run iOS 13. And so I initially thought, okay, the iPhone 6 can't run it, so his iPad Mini 4 is not going to be able to run it either. And then I looked it up, and no, his iPad Mini 4 can run it. And it's because of RAM, not just processor. Mm. So the the iPad Mini 4 has 2 gigabytes of RAM. So does the iPod Touch 7. I mean, it's one of the reasons they actually updated the iPod Touch for the first time in four or five years or whatever it was. It's because otherwise it wasn't going to run iOS 13 because you got you have to have 2 gigabytes of RAM. The iPhone 6 only has one. The iPod Touch 6 only has one. The iPad uh, 10.2 inch actually, so it, it it appeared just from what Apple said about it at the iPhone event, right? Yeah. I believe that's when they updated it. Yeah. So they updated it and... Um, Basically, now it's 10.2 inch. Now it has its own smart keyboard you can use. Continue to use the pencil, which they brought in the seventh generation right before this one. But this one has three gigabytes of RAM versus the two that was in the seventh generation. So it's the same A10 processor. So the processor didn't get bumped, which is the real bummer. And that was that was the only thing that was evident from Apple's presentation was, oh, it's got the same processor. It's basically, It basically seemed like it was like the same exact thing except for 10.2 inches. And it's got a keyboard now. Okay, but actually that that three gigabytes of RAM, especially considering that it's so clearly is going to determine what I what version of the OS you're going to get to. I mean, th- this this has long been one of my uh, one of my arguments for always getting like the latest phone that you can get because you might be fine with a little bit older phone. Like if you want to get an iPhone eight right now. You know, not not you or I, but if my parents wanted to get an iPhone 8 right now, because like, I'm fine with that phone. The problem is that the iPhone 8 is going to get two years less support than if you just bought an 11 right now, let's say. So to me, you're not just paying for better hardware. You're also paying for additional years. And the argument then becomes, listen, you're going to, whatever you buy, you're going to want to use it for like three or four years. And that 8... Not just because of specs, because actually we're to the point now where we got with Macs around 
05, I want to say, 06. Well, 06 is when they went Intel. Mm -hmm. So let's say 09, 2010, where the processor bumps at that point weren't enormous. It, it just, you you know, before, like I remember when I was a, when I was a kid, like you tried to get your PC to last like three years. It was like a long time. And it was going to be dog slow by the end of that three years. And when you bought a computer that three years later, it was going to be so freaking fast with so much more RAM. I mean, storage, the whole kit and caboodle. I mean, the whole thing was going to be so much faster and better. And it just almost can't be that way now because what we already have is so, so good. Um, and, and especially if you're not, you know, if you're pushing it, if you're doing, you know, video codec this and, you know, decrypting and encrypting and, you know, high high usage things, then of course you'll be able to, to use that. If you're tapping out processors, then you can probably tap out even a more uh, powerful processor. And, you know, if you're using a bunch of RAM, you know, if, if you have 3000 Chrome tabs open and you only have half a terabyte of RAM, then yeah, one terabyte's going to do you much more good. But in large part, you know, 09, 2010, like you, you could, you could, especially Macs, let alone PCs, but I mean, you, you could take a, a Mac laptop or desktop four or five years easily. My, my parents actually have the 2010 Mac mini that they, they still run off of, use it frequently. My dad writes audit reports on it when he gets back from auditing penitentiaries and my mom still does accounting for the church on it um so well, i'm still rocking a 2008 mac pro over here right <laughs> um but yeah i mean 2010 that's when i finally got them to leave the pcs behind um and part of my argument was you're going to spend more now, but it's going to last you way more than twice as long as every single Dell that you have bought. And they're 10 years now. That's true. Yeah. 10 years. And they spent probably $700 on that computer. They've, they've, they have, I, I say that they bought it with a hard drive 2010. I did update it with an SSD 2015 ish and upped it from i think four gigabytes to eight gigabytes of ram yeah about that same time um but i mean all in they're probably like a thousand dollars for 10 years it's crazy how you just can't do that anymore the way these machines are locked down now you know i had a friend who had uh, a 2010 macbook pro that they were still using and um you know it still had a spinning drive in it still only had i think like two or four gigs of RAM in it. And I told him, I was like, listen, you could get a, if you just upgraded the, the hard drive, you're going to notice a world of difference. And he was like, oh yeah, really? Yeah. I mean, and it's not that hard to do. And, you know, if you're wanting to not buy a new computer, because once you buy a new computer, you're, you're stuck. You Let know alone I mean? the price of SSDs is bananas. Uh, yeah, as, as I found out when I bought a two terabyte SSD for the, for the Mac Pro, and it was probably the same price I spent, oh gosh, I'm going to say six years ago, six or seven years ago to get a 250 gig SSD for my 2011 MacBook Pro. Anyway, my friend, he, he, he got a, a slightly bigger SSD and I think he even upgraded the RAM too, but 
he said the big test was hit for him was they had the spreadsheet that they would open and it would just bounce, you know, for like 30 to 45 seconds before it would actually open. And he said after they, you know, replaced the hard drive, that was the test he wanted to go see. And he went and clicked it and it immediately opened and his life has been changed forever. I mean, you don't even know. It's just like, well, that's just what it takes for the spreadsheet to open. It's a big spreadsheet, whatever, you know. It's like, no, it doesn't have to be that way, you know. And you don't have to buy a new one necessarily. Certainly not. You don't need to buy a whole new computer, right? Especially if you have a hard drive. Just going SSD. And what was what was the most revolutionary thing that you just said was that he bought a bigger SSD than the hard drive he had in it. Because that's what you can do these days. You know, yeah. back in 2012, 14, 15, I mean, probably 16, 17, it started becoming a little more possible. You're still going to be spending a little bit of money. But I mean, if, if it used to be that there were not big SSDs, yeah. period. They just didn't even exist. I mean, the largest one is probably 256 gigabytes, and it was going to cost you probably a grand at one point, at least. Um, so you really had to, if you went SSD, you knew that you were getting all this speed, but you also had to make these storage space trade-offs, trade-offs certainly, uh, adjustments, what have you. And... You know, I mean, it would it would be worth it for the speed, but you had to make that a trade off, and now you don't at all. It's it's revolutionary. Except now, if you have what a 2014 or beyond, um, or maybe even the 2013s, they're all you know enclosed. You can't get into them anymore. You can update the SSDs. They have they have. Basically, basically they're PCI Express SSDs. They're just little like blade SSDs. They basically look a lot more like RAM than huh. than a drive. Um, and and you can buy them from like Otherworld Computing. Um, so like even on my 2016, yeah, I could I could update that myself. I think I think so. I'd be scared too, but yeah, the the RAM I think is soldered on the motherboard, so I, I don't think that is uh, at all upgradable, but. Yeah, I, I think the storage is one of the things that's upgradable on, on most all of them. I bought uh, AirPods Pro. Has this been a recent thing? or I, Didn't you try them out at one point? I thought you tried them out like right when they came out. I did. So I bought them right when they came okay, out. Okay, that's what I thought. And then you, you, had, you were having trouble with them. I bought them right when they came out. And I was really intrigued by these two modes, the noise canceling mode and the transparency mode. Especially because people talk to me when I have my AirPods in all the time. They just, I mean, at this point, I guess they just have decided. Listen, I don't even think it's necessarily AirPods even. Like, I know they're smaller, but people come up and talk to me when I have these on. These big, these big Sonys. That's crazy. Yes. Those people have (laughs) issues. I feel like wired headphones sent a different message. I feel like back back in the day, now, let alone, college students are just different than people that aren't college students. But I remember just walking around the campus, like, you just, if somebody had headphones in, you wouldn't say anything to them because they got headphones in. They're listening to stuff. Now, that is a difference, though, is that AirPods are so seamless that I do have them in. And when I'm not listening to things sometimes, now, you can't tell from the outside, but, you know, I mean... In large part, nobody had wired headphones 
unless they were listening to something or just because they didn't want people to talk to them. So they wanted to appear like they were listening to something. Not that that's something you've ever done. Right. Definitely not. Yeah. But the AirPods are so seamless that I just keep them in my ears, even if I've paused because I really got to focus on reading a certain thing, or if I've paused to take part in a conversation, usually I'll take at least one out, but sometimes not. Sometimes I'm barely feeling them. They're in a good place and I can still hear everybody. Anyways, I I thought the transparency mode would be really interesting. I was excited to try that with the AirPods Pro. The AirPods Pro are in-ear headphones and I've tried some in-ear headphones. First pair of Bluetooth headphones I actually had were, were some J Lab, I think. Um, they're these highly rated uh, Bluetooth headphones. Just have a wire between the two of them that you you know put across your neck. And but they they were in-ear ones, and that was really my first experience with in-ear headphones that you put in and then you really twist, and they really are in your ear. And I I could get them to be more comfortable. I mean, you, you can definitely make them uncomfortable because if they're hitting the wrong part of your ear, like you feel it because it's pretty far in your ear, but I, I could get them to be comfortable, but it was still just this pressure. And then what really was the, the deal breaker was that if you were chewing, forget it. And even if you were just walking around, you just hear every single step, even if you're listening to something, but especially if you're listening to uh, podcasts, if you're not listening to, to music, then you hear, you know, there's all sorts of silences in between people talking in podcasts, obviously. And so you would hear just every step you take uh, the whole time that you have these headphones in because they're so far in that you, I mean, you get that vibration sort of, sort of part of things, not just the audio like you get from an AirPod or, or any other uh, earbud headphone that doesn't go in, in your ear, it really just goes in as far as your earlobe and that's that's it so i i man, i liked them i went back and forth all sorts of ways in the 14 days that i had before i could return them to apple and i ultimately what decided it for me is that i there were times when i was grabbing my airpods because i was like eating breakfast while i'm working or i was eating lunch while i'm working and I want to listen to something, but I can't, I can't do it with these AirPods Pro because the chewing was just insane. So I would grab my my regular AirPods and then I wouldn't feel a real pull after I'm finished eating or finished walking around or whatever it was. I didn't feel like, okay, I, as soon as I'm done with this activity, I got to get back to the AirPods Pro. I, I just didn't, and they just weren't quite as seamless because you could always feel when you had the AirPods Pro in your ears because it's just that impact, it's this pressure, not necessarily in a bad way, but definitely in a noticeable way. And it's one of the things I love about the AirPods is that I I sometimes do I'm sometimes could not tell you for sure whether I have them in my ears or not. And so, which I love because it it just creates this totally seamless audio experience where it's just as if I don't have to have anything in my ears and I can just start hearing things. Not in that way, but in in the good way. Have you like, talked to Blair about this? From an audio source. Uh, you know, if, you know, from a Bluetooth source. Not a source that's <laughs> making me blue. So ultimately, I returned them... Um, I, I would I would 
I'm very intrigued by if Apple releases uh, over-the-ear headphones, which uh, Ming-Chi Kuo has rumored that they will in the first half of this year. We shall see. Um, but what brought you back? To what made you buy them again? Well, I didn't buy them again. Oh, okay. I, I thought bought them the time. I thought you were telling this story, but as li- like you bought them again. Well, no, the listeners don't know that I bought them in the first place because we, were, we went five months without recording. We were on hiatus. Yeah, yeah. And it's been exactly a week, and we're recording again. How about since that? Since our last episode, so they said it couldn't be done. Props to us, right? In a new, very much more acoustically uh, pleasant environment right doesn't this sound better than ever i guess i don't know we'll find out. we'll find out soon enough okay i thought you were saying that you ended up buying them again which i was going to find a, a very strange story now i should have waited to buy them certainly until like november 15th i think was the date that started holiday return season because do you know about holiday return season at Apple? It's longer, right? You get way longer yeah. because you're going to have people buying things for other people that they're not going to give them until December 25th. So it's just about like you get 14 days from December 25th mm. um, because Apple, if you don't know, has just an incredible policy where you buy things and within 14 days, if if you've decided you don't want to keep it, you just bring it back. Used, just bring the packaging back with it, but not in the packaging and you just get all your money back. There's no restocking fee. Um, it's it's great. Um, I've done it with some accessories, actually. There were some docks that I was looking at. And Apple didn't have the best price on them. So I thought, well, maybe I should just buy it from Amazon. It'd be $10 cheaper. But ultimately, I just decided, well, but I could buy it from Apple. And then I, I can feel totally free to to take it back. And, you know, I would I would do that. And I also, I spend enough money. <laughs> I've given Apple enough money that it. this is baked into the price already. Not us, Philip. Not us. <laughs> this is all baked into the price already. So I feel like it's it's something... I mean, they don't begrudge you at all. I mean, there is no... No side eye. There is no side eye, no remark, no tone. It is... I mean, they are completely happy to do it. And of course, it doesn't affect them <laughs> at all. In the least bit, so why would they? You know, it's not like you're returning it to Phil Schiller and he has to look, you know, down at you. Which that would be intimidating. I wouldn't I would oh, never right. would never return anything. Oh man, when I was at Adobe Max, not this past year, but the year before, when they announced Photoshop and then it took a year for it to actually come out on the iPad. But Phil Schiller was there and I was like, Oh man how do I go meet him? You know, like I wouldn't, I totally wanted to be that stalker person for, for a minute of like, but I'm sure I would have never had a possibility to, to find him. Cause I'm sure he left the stage and then like stepped into a jet and then flew away. Never to be seen again. Very, very likely. Yeah. So I had, um, I had a AirPods pro question come up to me, um, about a week ago. So two people that I work with in my primary profession, um, they wanted to, they were thinking about getting AirPods and they were like, what's going on? You know, like they, they didn't, they were having trouble understanding that there was a difference between like AirPods first generation and second generation. And then, and then like, what, what's AirPods pro, you know, why, why would I want those? 
and I honestly didn't have a good reason, even though I knew they didn't need them, but like I couldn't even really explain it to like why would you want them more than just regular AirPods, even. And they kind of asked me, they were like, well, why don't you have them, Levi? Which I thought was kind of accusatory to state it that way. But, and I'm like, well, I just bought these second generation AirPods in July. And then these new AirPods Pro came out in what, September, October, something like that. Yes. And I was like, I, and I already have like some really good noise canceling headphones. I just didn't feel like the need to, to do it, you know? But I was trying to think if I was going in fresh, I, I, I would, I'm sure I would, but I didn't have a good explanation for like them. Like what's that different other than the noise canceling. And I was telling them that I've actually heard it's pretty decent for in-ear noise canceling headphones. Um, but I just didn't really know what to tell them as like differentiators on why you would want these versus just second generation airpods they, they do sound a lot better because you just get so much better of a fit so music does sound a lot better I, I don't know that it's necessarily because of way better drivers or little tiny speakers inside the headphones but i really do think a lot of it is um just the seal that you get and yeah and, and just you know just the tonality that you can get from that versus a, a looser fit of the regular AirPods. The noise canceling to me, especially, I mean, many people have talked about taking them on planes and how they're just so much easier to take on a plane than over the ear uh, noise canceling headphones. And that the noise canceling is is good enough um, to to be very usable in that context. Um, my, my dad was actually telling me that he was thinking about uh, trying some because he, he travels on planes a, a good bit. And to me, that 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 is a primary use case. Really, if you have any use case where you want noise canceling um, a good bit of the time, but you want it to be portable. Oh man! So I did finally get to use my noise my 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 Sony's on an airplane back in November when I got to go to Adobe Max for the second year. Which, oh man, I love Adobe Max. It was wild, Philip. It was. I mean, I already loved them for the the noise canceling benefits that I received from them, just in general everyday use. But oh man, on a plane, it was wild. I mean, it can't completely block out all the noise, but it was so comfortable. I mean, it, and when I go out to LA, I always I like to stop in Dallas. I don't know why. Um, I could stop halfway in Denver. It's like a perfect two hours and then another two hours, but I got bad memories with Denver, so I never go there. So I like to just go to Dallas. I eat some really good Mexican food on the layover, and then I take the three-hour flight to, you know, California. And, man, it was just, it was wonderful. I thought I was going to work. Like, I really had planned to work. And I it was just so nice that I ended up, like, watching movies and listening to music and don't ruin it it was great it was great i loved them so much i've ne- i've never i've i've never owned any noise canceling headphones uh i i would i would like to um but i i'm really just kind of in a waiting period now i w- i was hoping that they would update the beats studio 3s um but they updated only the beats solo 
threes with noise canceling and with uh, transparency mode, actually. Um, but so they have the same chip as the AirPods Pro, I guess, or yes, okay, yes. So they have the the H one, the newest headphone chip, because the first one was a W one for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so they have they have the newest chip. Um. But they're on ear headphones, and they are not comfortable. Yeah. For for too too long, and so that's not what I'm interested in. Um. And so I'm I had go- to I had to have that conversation recently too with someone because they're. They were talking about some headphones they had. They they were saying like basically they were saying I don't think I could have headphones like you have Levi, and and then they picked some up that were just on ear headphones and were like, see I've used these and they just hurt my ears. I'm like, well, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I get it, but these are actually around and over my ears. Yeah. They're not on my yeah. ears, and, and so it's just a completely different feeling right when it's not on your ears it's like oh that's too big of a yard i'm not going to want to mow that because I, <laughs> I got this push mower it didn't even have uh you know what's it called the, the uh, uh, like the auto forward yeah what's it like self-propelled self-propelled thank you and you're like no 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 you're like get a zero turn <laughs> right on mower <laughs> and you're gonna be just fine <laughs> that does sound like something that i would do if i was being completely uh if i if i turned on transparency mode I have to tell you about AirPods Apple Care. Oh yeah, okay. Apple Care Plus is really what it's called. But Do they have? There is no Apple Care non Plus. Oh okay, I was, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna ask that. So they only started offering Apple Care Plus. I will refer to it only as Apple Care from here on out. They only started offering it for headphones, including AirPods, in August, I believe, and. This to me changes the whole landscape of buying AirPods because if your battery gets below 80%, oh wow, within the two years, then you pay like 29 bucks a piece. It's guaranteed to, replace to happen, and it's guaranteed to happen. Like, I was shocked it was 80%, I was expecting it to be like maybe 50%, yeah, and even that is probably gonna happen. With, with right with consistent use like ba- based on like our experience with Gen One, right, 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 um, and so and maybe it's way better, and if it's way better, that's way better. So I, I got did... I got no pr- and Apple Care for the headphones is only twenty nine dollars. Oh my gosh! And that's true for AirPods Pro two hundred forty nine dollar headphones. It's true for any of the Beats which go into the three hundreds. It's true for the AirPods, which are one fifty nine or one ninety nine. It's just twenty nine dollars because I was trying to find it earlier today to to brief, brief myself to talk about this. So I was searching for Apple Care AirPods on Apple's in in the Apple Store app, I should say, and nothing was coming up. And so I just searched for Apple Care, and it's like, oh, it's Apple Care with for headphones, and it just includes all the headphones that they that they sell that that they manufacture. I need to tell the people i was talking about earlier because one of them did buy some right you got 60 days and i told both of them before they bought them i I, I just said hey heads up they're only going to last you two years because after that again based on my experience with the gen one models after that the batteries just aren't going to recharge anymore and they were like well, why? I'm like, well, because they're tiny batteries. I mean, like, look at your phone and how quickly the batteries run down on on your phone. Now, minimize that by about, uh, I don't know, 
75%, Well, and it's also your phone, you really, especially at this point in phone batteries life, you really don't go through much more than one charging cycle per day. Uh, but with every AirPods, other day for some of us, yeah. But with their yeah, but with AirPods, you can easily go through one and a half, potentially even two. You know, if you're listening to it all day at work and you listen a little bit at home too, then I mean, you you could easily go through one and a half, and even you know, rarely even two cycles. That, that is one thing that I'm I'm almost positive that these second generation model are going to last even longer for me because I'm not listening to them quite as much as I did with the first gen because when I'm at work I am I'm primarily using these Sony's mm-hmm. and then I, I'm basically the AirPods are my at home or at the gym um headphones. And so and even then like if I'm at home, I'm only ever I only ever have one in. I never have two in when I'm at home. Do you use the same one most of the time? Or do you swap back and forth? I have been very intentional to make myself use both because because it's very easy for me to only use one. And part of that was because it just turned into a habit because, you know, if you'll recall, uh, my first gen, my left AirPod had an unfortunate toilet incident. And Mm. so it just... Because it would not last as long to begin with, I just always was using the right one more frequently. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself with these second-gen models doing that. And I'd say about a month, month or two ago, I realized, like, I got to cool it because I don't, you know, I want to try and level level them as much as I can and not have the same situation of one going out so much quicker than the other. Right. Um, so I'm trying to do better at that, but yeah, it was very easy for me to slip into that same pattern. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Speaking of Gen 1 AirPods, I, I gave my Gen 1 AirPods to my wife Blair when I got the Gen 2 AirPods, and she was very happy to take them off my hands and use them until <laughs> she discovered that the battery life on them was terrible for the right AirPod. Yeah. Um, if you'll if you'll remember, uh, I got the left AirPod replaced probably six months in, nine months in to to owning the AirPods because it malfunctioned, and so I got the left AirPod replaced. Right AirPod was original, and the right AirPod lasts maybe twenty minutes. And if you're if you go on a phone call, it quits like within three seconds. I don't know why that is. <laughs> um, but if you if you start a phone call with both of them, you get both of them for like three to five seconds, and then it's just the left. The left one, uh, since it was replaced, you know, further on in the cycle, it'll it'll get you an hour and a half or two, which is not terrible. Um, I actually keep them on my my nightstand, and I use them with the Apple TV every now and then. Um, if Blair's just wants to be quiet, or she's most often when she's falling asleep, and I'm I still want to watch something, and I don't want to try to keep it at a level of volume that's not going to wake her up, but I can still hear it. If I really want to, you know, hear it and just crank it to however much I want, I'll put the AirPods in. And I, 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 you know, I'd rather, I'm already in bed. I've already brushed my teeth. I'm, I'm not getting out of bed. You know, I just want to stay cozy. And so I, I used to, you know, every now and then I'd have to go get my AirPods out of my backpack because they'd still be in my backpack from using them at work. And so now I've got this extra pair on my nightstand, which is great. Enjoying that. But Blair 
just said this <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> this this is not okay. Uh I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a, a second gen pair. And so got got her a second gen. And so my first second gen pair, which is now Blair's, actually, doesn't have Apple Care because they didn't start offering Apple Care till August. But this pair got Apple Care on them. And I, I just am very, very happy about that. Because I relish using them as much as possible and bringing those batteries down as much as possible to make sure that I get them replaced. It's it's a completely different mindset. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Yeah. I, I find it much easier for me to run into charging issues with the case rather than the AirPods themselves. Because I just don't remember to charge the cases frequently. And... and I just am not using them near as much as I did with my my Gen 1. Right. I I mean, I find myself doing that some. I mean, I, I definitely am very attentive to when the case is orange. You know, if you take both of the AirPods out and then you have an amber-orange light, that means your case cannot charge your AirPods again when you put them back. So I always try to just put it on the, on the Qi charger that I have it at work or at home at that point and let it just trickle charge and it just not charge quickly. <laughs> but that's a good thing, right? It is a good thing. I believe in that. Yes, yes you do. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I should say about the AirPods Pro is that I have this overall note that I made, which is that I am way too swayed by others' reviews, their evaluations, their determinations about products. Because everyone out there in podcast land and Blogland loves the AirPods Pro with few exceptions. And so I just really thought, I, I what am I doing wrong? Like, why why aren't they just so much better than Gen 2 AirPods for I, me? I think, though, that just my memories of your Gen 1 AirPods, it seemed like you were always a little more sensitive to, like, even the tapping to do things. You, you know, like, it, I remember you saying it took you a while to... to find the right placement of the tap certainly and it not like really mess with your ears i'm so good at that now i am so good so i think you're just having airpods it seems to me like maybe your ears are just a little more sensitive to having something in them and then the airpods pro are just you know taking that to a whole other level because they're, they're getting further in and so i don't you know i think you just have special ears philip Thanks. I haven't tried them, so I don't know what they're like. I'm, I don't know. I'm afraid to try them because I don't, I don't want to buy them right now. I'm, I'm perfectly content with my, every time I say this now, I'm like, am I just saying that to say that? Or am I really perfectly content with something? I am perfectly content with my second gen AirPods because I have these Sonys and I love them. Yeah. I, I really, I think not having noise canceling headphones makes the AirPods Pro a much more interesting purchase. Mm -hmm. If you have a great pair of, of noise canceling headphones, as you do, then I think the second gen AirPods make total sense. It was crazy to me, though, how quickly they're out in the wild. I mean, like, I, what I think when I was in LA, they had just come out, right? And, and I, it was like I was seeing them everywhere. Now, I'm probably a little more attuned to noticing that but it was crazy to me and and i was at a conference for creatives so 
they're more likely to, to purchase a product like that. Um, but I mean, it was pretty fast and I was seeing them a lot. Um, and then I had a little AirPod scare while I was out there and had left my AirPods in my pants and didn't know until I had to go back to those pants a few days later. So I thought I was going to have to go buy some, you know, but. Because you were going to have to go buy some. Which this, this to me brought up kind of an issue I had with the way the AirPods work with the location thing, because it only records it the last time that they were connected to your phone, which makes sense, but come on, they were in my pants. when When I went back to look to see where they were, it was showing me the last place that I actually had them in and I was in a, an Uber I was getting picked up. So I took them out, put them in the case. So it recorded it at that place. You can't talk a little bit to my phone while you're in the case. I mean, come on, because if they just said, Oh, they're here at the hotel, then I would have thought to look in my pants that I wore the previous day. Yeah. It seems like it should, it, it seems like it should look at uh, proximity to your phone and once your phone is getting further away from it, then it would kind of save location at that point. And then yes. your phone has left it, and but it no, it actually has the last location. But you know, I don't know how much battery that would that would have to use, but I think it'd be hugely valuable. Yes, be a nice improvement. Yeah. So how are you using that trackpad? I'm I'm using it uh, connected to the to my PC. Is it wirelessly connected or are you? Oh, okay. I just would never even think that you could use it. I mean, obviously it makes sense that you could. So the great part about it is that Apple has to write Windows drivers for it to be used with bootcamp. And you can actually download like the bootcamp executable of drivers from Apple and then uh, view contents and just pull like the trackpad drivers out and you can install those on your pc so you get all the swiping at that point oh really yeah so i mean like all the normal so you definitely get scrolling i I think i don't know how much of the others there's there's some uh products um that i've found online that will give you like all sorts like three finger and four finger swipe stuff but i know that i know that the boot camp drivers give you two finger scrolling and two finger right click and that basic stuff, which is most what I want. Is it weird to use such a finely crafted trackpad on a PC? It's just <laughs> nice. It's just wonderful. <laughs> oh man! So this reminds me. We were. I was having a discussion the other day. I don't even know how this came up. I guess I saw this on Twitter where they were, um, you know, the little the little mouse ball that you see on like on older PCs. You used to see them or older laptops, but they still are still used today on, Track, so, on trackball yeah i can't yeah, remember what it was called one. logitech m570 the well the little one like in the middle of the keyboard are we talking about oh the same thing? no no no, no. You're, you're talking yeah i'm talking about what did they what did i tell you that they called it oh <laughs> i tried to forget that <laughs> mouse nipple or the thing uh, was nipple mouse nipple so? mouse yeah. i mean that was like <laughs> that was the most tame name that I saw it called, other than the actual official name, which you you knew off the top of your head, which kind of caused some concern for me. Track Trackpoint. Trackpoint. Was that like the the people that made it? I yes. Guess? Okay. Yes. So it, it, IBM is is who created it, and so it's still on every Lenovo 
uh, laptop. I think I have it on my HP. Even it's on almost every Dell. It well, it came <laughs> it's up a very strange inclusion. It came up because someone here at work, uh, they were holding on to their old Dell because it still had it, and these new model Dells that they're rolling out don't have it. And this person really likes using it, and I was just very confused by that because I have never known anyone that was a heavy user of it because. And as I asked, I was talking to this person's wife, I was like, what is the use case for it? Because it's not like, at least in my memory of using them, which granted has been a long time, it's not particularly accurate. No, it sucks. So I don't, I was just more curious, like, what is his use case for it that he's going to actually miss it? I mean, it seemed like he was very adamant about it. I do know that, you know, Casey Liss has mentioned that his, his dad worked for IBM, so he got, he got in early on it. And it sounded like, for back when trackpads were terrible, even Mac trackpads, perhaps. And I'm assuming piece, back before there were even trackpads, maybe? Uh, I mean, you didn't, you didn't have the track point back before trackpads. Oh, okay. Um, you had, I mean, you used to have trackballs on, on laptops. Um which which I have uh, a right right handed only. What did they call those? Mass ball. balls? Mouse balls? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going off of uh, these yeah. other naming yeah. conventions. There's, all, there's only one of them. Um, okay, mouse ball. But so I uh, the the PowerBook 180C that I bought from the library, super used. That was released in 1993 for. Twenty one hundred and sixty dollars, which is like four grand in today's money. Uh, it had it had a, a trackball in, instead of a instead of a trackpad. Anyways, back before trackpads were larger than a postage stamp and worth a darn, then I think people tried to use the track point a lot more, and I think it was a lot it was a lot more useful of an invention, so to speak. And that if you if you used it all the time, then I think you got really good at using it. But at this point, I just, I don't understand why, right. why you would, it's kind of like a Dvor, a Dvorak, Dvorak, is that a Dvorak keyboard where, yeah, like you, there are benefits to it and you could try to do that, but it's going to take you a long time to get used to it. And there's going to be all sorts of places in the world where it's not an, it's not an option. So why, why do that to yourself? Just embrace QWERTY. It's not terrible. So I've heard of this keyboard before but i don't actually know what's different about it i mean i mean i'm assuming it's the layout obviously the layout, but, yeah but how is it different so the, the layout is intended to minimize finger movement uh just like an rsi type I, thing or uh ish it, it's, it's also a speed thing um i know like it, i think it became well i'm just speaking out of nowhere now um <laughs> no not I, us I, I mean, I've, I've heard lots of things and I can't remember what's true, what's myth. I, I want to say that it was created in, in some form or fashion, like secretarially, where it was like, no, 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 you can be 20% faster, just period. Like, it, like, it's just like physically possible to be 20% faster with this configuration. I think all the vowels are in the home row, for instance, if I remember correctly. So just that um, causes you to, you know, I mean, that your vowels are the most popular that's why you got to pay for them on Wheel of Fortune, man. So, um, and you know, I'm sure like S and T, you're probably in the home row. So it's just 
it's really focused on minimal movement to the most used keys sort of thing. Okay. It makes sense. But you'd have, I mean, obviously you have to teach yourself how to type like that. Right, right. And and it just, you know, for a long, long time, I I think the iPad actually has decent Dvorak hack support, but maybe not even. It definitely didn't. Um, not not all that uh, far back. Oh man, you're gonna be so proud of me. I have recently started using the little uh, like pullout keyboard on the iPad, the so I can use it like yes. one handed. Yes, when, and the floating. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Now I only use it when I'm at the gym. That's fine. But it is. It's kind of. It's a game changer. Yes, it's kind of not only that, but. So when they went to 10 and a half inch iPad Pros, when they moved away from 9.7, so with the 9.7, from the very, 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 very beginning in 2010, 10 years ago, happy anniversary iPad. The beginning of life itself. So the beginning of iPad life itself, there has been a split function in the keyboard to where it will split and give you basically a left hand and a right hand portion of the keyboard closer to each of those hands. And mm-hmm. it'll move up as well so that it's a little more comfortable to hold the iPad, um, not by the very, very edge of things, and still be able to to type comfortably. So you can dock it at the very bottom, and that's good for if you're like laying it down and typing more like an actual keyboard. But if you're thumb typing, then that split is really, really great to have. It's been there since the very beginning. When they went 9.7 inch iPad Pro, they still had the split. When they went 10 and a half, when they went 12.9 inch, it was not possible. I remember you they just complaining it. about this. It just removed it, which didn't need to have. There's no reason to remove it. It's just spiteful arrogance, so called courage. Yikes. But the 9.7 inch Pro still had it, so it wasn't like a, oh, pros don't need it. Well, and it was it's like a stupid, stupid size thing. It's not even that it still had it, because the 9.7 inch came out after the 12.9. Yes, yes. But so, when it came out later, it had it. It had it because like 9.7. Yeah, you need to split. It's like no, no, no. 12.9. You need the split more. What are you doing? So then, when they went 10 and a half inch. With the twelve point nine inch, the ten and a half inch didn't have the split. It's Wait, one what? of the it's one of the reasons why I was discouraged because I went in the store. ProMotion was incredible, but I tried to split the keyboard, and I was like, "Oh, well, okay, that's a, that's an easy excuse for me to not spend this money, you know?" Because I I needed I needed to talk myself back from the ledge, and so I just I went for it. I was like, "No, no, no, that's going to make it harder," especially because as we've previously talked about, and we can talk about things multiple times, apparently. I I use my iPad in bed, like laying down in bed with it over me, and and that <laughs> dangerous way to live. In that in that in that situation, you want you I mean you don't want to be typing with your hands. You are typing with your thumbs. So, with iOS thirteen, they have brought back the split to all iPads. It's one of the reasons why I have gone and bought this used ten and a half inch, and I'm just. I'm just so, ha- and then and the floating is just even better in, in 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 certain cases. And just having all three options is just the way it should be. I think the floating to me seems to be the linchpin because 
it just seems like somebody was like, oh, no, no, the floating is our new hotness. So we're definitely going to have it on all the iPads. And someone just looked at them and was like, you can't give them the floating and not give them the split as well. So it's going to be all three or we have to just not even bring the floating. And it was like all three. And there were cheers, cheers throughout the campus. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I use it. I use the floating when I'm at the gym. And if I'm trying to, you know, watch YouTube and also check my Fiverr or respond to you on Slack or whatever. And with the floating, I've I've become a swipe typer, Philip. Yeah, you do. I'm still not using Gboard, but now that iOS has it natively with their keyboard, I, I gave it a try. And I like it. It's It's definitely been a learning curve for me, and I still find myself switching back and forth seemingly for no reason that I can determine. It's like sometimes I just don't think about doing it, and then sometimes I do. I I don't know how to fully turn that on in my brain. Well, you certainly, on your... Do you swipe type very much on your 11 Pro? Isn't that what you have? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you swipe type much there, or do you find yourself... I mean, that's where I'm primarily typing typing on an iOS device. So so did you... did you start swiping before you use the floating keyboard? Did you start swiping on your 11 Pro and then you just were also swiping with the floating keyboard? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And the, the floating keyboard thing has been a recent development. Sure. So, and I've had the iPhone 11 Pro since the day it came out. Right. Which that's a whole different, yeah. it's a whole different story. We don't need to get into that. Um, but yeah, but I don't know why my brain sometimes wants to swipe type and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I don't. It's it's and it's like it has to be a subconscious thing because I'm obviously not even really thinking about it. It's just yeah. sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. I swipe type always. Um, the only time I don't swipe type is when I've tried to swipe a word like three, four times, and it's just not giving it to me. And so then I just gotta tap it out. And Apple's is not as good. Like their dictionary, their algorithm is not quite as good as Gboard's. It's different. There are places where it just seems better, but there's just certain words. And I mean, you understand, especially with like past tense, future tense, if it's just a vowel difference, and especially if those vowels are, I'm trying to think, like you and I, like they're right next to each other. You're going through both of them. Or, oh, like you're going through all of them. Like if if you're spelling, I can't come up with anything on the fly. Well, I've noticed I've had trouble when it's like, something that should end in t-i-o-n but sometimes it make things i'm trying to type t-i-n-g yeah right 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 last thing last thing okay so i got this 10.5 inch pro off of facebook from somebody in iowa very lightly used actually have you ever used coconut battery i've mentioned it to you on an episode of two or three is that where you like check your battery health or something right like it tells that? you how many battery cycles you it tells you your manufactured date of your machine which is cool it tells you how many battery cycles you've been through on the portable machine that you're checking it on and you can now um this is not that recent but coconut battery released a, a update years ago to where you can plug uh iOS devices into your computer and then it'll tell you the cycles on the iOS device and it, and it tells you 
what the original maximum capacity of the battery was and what the current maximum capacity of the battery is and gives you that percentage, um, which does not match what <laughs> what the battery uh, health and settings tells you, but I'm sure it's just whatever. It's it's close. It's not drastically different. But I think this 10 and a half inch, I, I did so when I got it, like first first thing. And I think it's got like 30 <laughs> battery cycles on it. Oh, wow. So, yeah. It was lightly used. Yeah, very, very lightly used. It was in a pretty bulky case which is always great to see when you're when you're buying used the pencil is extremely lightly used as well um i got the pencil and the 10 and a half inch pro for 400 bucks flat and and they came together and they came together okay yeah and the one thing that i hated most about the first generation pencil and the one thing that everybody decried about the first generation pencil was that it just drains the battery when they're close to each other yeah you know like you carry them in the same bag and it's just dumb, 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 but the pencil just wants to stay connected to it no matter what, just so that it's ready at the drop of a hat for you to use it, even though I'm only going to use it not that often, like once a week, you know, once every two weeks, and then it's just going to be dead. <laughs> and when so, you need it. And so I'm going to, right, when I need it. So then I'm going to have to plug it in, and it's going to have to charge a little bit, and I'm going to give it, you know five minutes or whatever and so now i got a good good long charge and i can just use it however long i want to use it well so i thought about this and i just thought well but what's the problem here the problem is is that it's still paired to the ipad but if i'm going to have to plug it in to charge it anyways then why don't i unpair the pencil whenever i'm done with it whenever i've used it the time that week that i'm going to use it unpair it and then I'm I'm just going to plug it in, but I when I pull it out again to use it next week, but I don't have to keep it plugged in. I just got to plug it in. It'll pair, and it's still got 95% of its battery because it's just hanging out, not connected to anything, not searching for anything. It doesn't know about any other devices because I unpaired it. I feel like there's a butt coming somewhere. And that's it. Oh, well, okay. So yeah. that, that works. And I am shocked that no one ever mentioned this on any other podcast. Like, Mike Hurley was to me like the most vocal complainer about this. And I always, I always agreed with him because, you know, I had the original 12.9 inch and the, and the pencil and I used it similarly where I didn't use the pencil all that often, but carried them together because you never knew when you wanted to use it. And then it was always dead and it was very, I mean, it just really detracted from, it made you want to use the pencil even less. It was like a, an additional barrier. So not only right. is it like, okay, do I really need the pencil here? Do I really not? It's like, well, do you really need it? Because you're going to have to plug it in for three to five minutes to get a solid chart. Even, you know, maybe just 30 seconds. But it's awkward. You got to be mindful of it while it's charging. or Otherwise, it's going to break off. And now you don't have a lightning port anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. You don't uh, want that to happen. Yeah. And I actually, uh, it occurred to me. When I when I got the pencil that okay you can't use a pencil on an iPhone which is dumb and I hope someday you can but you can't charge the pencil that's what I thought I was going to do actually originally was to charge the pencil off of one of my iPhones because that that to me made a lot of sense too so hey if I'm going to keep it paired then at least when I'm prepping myself to use the pencil if i'm still using the ipad without the pencil i don't have to use the ipad with the pencil plugged in so it could charge some i could plug the pencil into one of my devices i'm not using 
um, either one of my iPhones. And it can charge just the same because it's just a lightning port pulling power. Um, no, no, no problemo. So you just go into your Bluetooth settings, hit the little I button, and yes, then yes, just yes. disconnect to or unpair. unpair. Yep. All right. Yep. That's smart. Bada bing, bada boom. That that show you the last time I used my pencil, which was apparently in August. <laughs> now I've used it since then, but I did a drew what? Little Tom, you are something else. Tom and Jerry. Goodness. Terry. I want to do more of this. I, yes, but you should. That's amazing. I'll have to put this in our Absolutely. show notes, I guess. Check this out. But look, uh, look at this guy. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, Tom, you have no idea how terrible of an artist I am. <laughs> like, you know, I am the exact opposite of that. Exact opposite. I need to. I need to come back around and, uh, and draw Jerry. My kids love Tom and Jerry, and I'm concerned about them turning into violent people. But. We are violent people. It is amazing. I think I go back and watch cartoons, though, from that era, and it is just weird. Oh, my gosh. So um, this past Friday, how did this get made? Did Space Jam? I listened to part of that. Oh, my gosh. It was hilarious. And, uh, you know, they taught basically from the top, they were like, listen, if you're a millennial, you're going to have serious issues with this episode. Well, let alone they were in Chicago. Yes. Live. Oh, it was great. But there was one point where they talked about how there was, um, there was a scene where they're like, you know, kind of doing a parody of Pulp Fiction. And the cartoons pull out these very realistic looking guns and just point them directly at the yeah. screen and then just start blowing away. Who I don't even really remember. That is something else. It's yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's kind of comical, but yeah, yeah, in in that in an ironic way, it Man. really makes me want to go back and watch Space Jam now. Said no one. <laughs>